Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Support WrestleTalk! Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. This is Rich Swan. Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I am Ollie Davis and I'm joined by Lou Gowen. Hello, Swath Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. How the devil are you? You know how I am, Luke. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but it's polite to ask, mm, man, because yeah. I know how you're doing, but the listenership doesn't know how you're doing. Well, <sighs> I'm having a great time at work. I feel like Wrestle Talks back to the awesomeness. It's so, so I genuinely think the last month we've made some of the best content we've ever made. Back to our winning ways. Yeah, so, so proud of No Rolls Bard. Love the predictions videos. Uh, the live streams have been going really well. Loved AW, uh, the pay per view. But personally, I fell in a puddle this morning. <laughs> and I've got a really wet sock. <laughs> I don't, sorry, I don't mean to laugh, but you, the way you, like you came in this morning with such a grump on your face and you went, guess what happened this morning? So we all guessed, oh, Ollie's punctured another tire. Of course he's punctured another tire. He's always puncturing his tires. Mm. What a shame. And then you said, no, I fell in a puddle. Mm. I'll get into the full story <laughs> because you think, you're probably thinking, oh, just the puddle. Why is it? It was more than a puddle. It was basically a river. Yeah. yeah. But we'll get into that because first we've got to talk about Raw, unfortunately. This is that pesky wrestling that gets in the way of the good chat. Uh, we're going to be talking about the tag title change Woo! to start the show off because we didn't like Raw, so we thought we'd start with a positive. <laughs> Here is the show. The second segment on this show was one of the big pre-announced matches that they actually delivered. Yeah. And that's yeah. Seth Rollins and Murphy defending their Raw Tag Team titles against the Street Profits in a now or never stipulation. Yeah, it was, which was, which was weird. Because I know we're trying to be, the, this is the positive start to the show because this was one of the better things on the show. This was not a good show, but this was one of the better parts of it. Um, 
what has really required the three props to have a now or never stipulation mm. when you know they had the one match at Super Letdown and then they had this match where it's like, well, this is your last chance, last chance saloon now for you boys. Yeah, it was a, a real sort of desperate grab to give this match some kind of stakes. It's like uh, back in January there was the fist fight yeah. with Big Show, Samoa Joe, Kevin Owens versus Rollins and his disciples. What happened to Big Show? He he. He got ridden off TV by Buddy Murphy, didn't he? It was during that match, yeah, it I was, think. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they. No, he's, he'll come back for that Shaq match. <laughs> WrestleMania 36, Big Show versus Shaq. And they just said fist fight. This is a reported fact. WWE just said this is going to be a fist fight match because it sounded good. They didn't know what that meant until the day of the show, and then they didn't even really know what it was beyond that when it actually happened. So I think that's what happened here. Yeah. They just thought, oh, let's just strap a fancy tagline onto it. Yeah. Now or never. So this was the Three Profits' last chance to win the Raw Tag Team Championships. Yeah, for right. a thing that they've only been trying to get for a couple of weeks. I, you know, I think they might have had a match against the Viking Raiders as well for the titles, but that felt like very different continuity to this storyline. But anyway, regardless, they had what I would say was the best match at Super Showdown. The, the, yeah. as a tag yeah, match. Yeah, I thought yeah. the Street Profits versus um, Rollins and Murphy was the best match on that, totally on that card. Not very big competition to face off against, but I thought they did have the best match. And again, they had a really, really good match here. Street Profits are over like Rover. The crowd were so, so into the promo they cut beforehand. Mm. Montez Ford was so fired up. Dawkins was awesome. And yeah, these four men then had another great match with a really, really fun finish. Yeah, you see, I loved the finish. I think the finish was excellent. It was essentially AOP are at the top of the stage for the whole match. They come down because they're going to interfere, cost the street profits the win. And they were standing at the top of the ramps so that no one could run out from the back, like Kevin Owens or Samoa Joe or the Raiders. So it was very like smart placing of them. So the referee turns his back to Seth and is like, no, you guys go away. I'm ejecting you from here. As that's happening, Kevin Owens sneaks in behind Seth, stunners Seth, and then runs out. Yeah. And the AOP and Murphy chase him. And that lets Montez Ford hit a frog splash for the win. Really, really great. Because you don't often see WWE book baby faces as smart people. Yeah, right, completely. It's nice. It's nice to think, oh, this person I'm cheering for actually has some intellect about them. Yeah, they're not a goofball. Oh, no, I've signed the contract again. <laughs> Like that, like Braun Strowman, and to an extent Alistair Black on this episode too. Yeah, but it was a really, really fun match and a really good moment as well. Um, I suppose the only downside to this is that directly after the match, like Caruso interviewed Seth and Murphy, where Seth said, it was an injustice that we lost the title, so we're going to be fighting for them again at Elimination Chamber. I was like, okay, cool, so that's the same match. Uh, three times in ten days, also antiquated rematch clauses. Yes. I, I mean, I wasn't blown away by the match. Oh, really? It's just, maybe it's because the Super Showdown match was, was really pretty decent. I didn't think this was anywhere mm -hmm. in that level. Uh, and the last six weeks of Raw have had awesome it's true, yeah. matches based around this storyline and these guys. It's true, yeah. I just thought, yeah, just, it, it was a great finish and it was a newsworthy title change, but... I don't think it's the right time for Seth and Buddy to drop it. That I agree with. I really thought we were going to build to Owens plus partner versus Rollins and Murphy and they win the titles. In my 
in my dream scenario, that my pure fancy booking world, I had it as Kevin and Sammy. Oh yeah. Like Sammy would come over. I mean, technically, Raven. And well, and Raven, yeah. of course. But like, I, you know, because Sammy is technically part of the Raw roster. Do you remember that? Like, he signed that contract. Yeah. So that, that he can manages that he one, can manage yeah. Raw talent, which has never been brought up again. So I kind of had it in my like fantasy booking head that it'd be Kevin and Sammy. But so it's kind of weird that they've just taken the titles off him, and it feels like we're now building to an Owens Rollins singles match. I wonder if the Samoa Joe concussions slash suspensions slash they're the same thing have <laughs> changed their plans. Um, and now they're just going to do a singles match instead. Yeah, well, that, that Rollins did say that in the Caruso interview afterwards. He said that he's going to specifically come for Kevin Owens and crucify him. Yeah. Whatever that means. Uh, hopefully a proper crucifixion. Hey, we Sandman have, style. We haven't had one in many years. Heyman's booking it. <laughs> he's like, finally I will do this and people won't complain about it this time. Hey everyone, I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Uh, let's get into our Patreon Pledgehammer shout-outs first, and then we'll do the rest of your super chats. 
Uh, so do go over to our Patreon page. You can participate against us in Wrestle League. We do exclusive podcasts there, and you get your name in the credits and shouted out in the show. So thank you, damn, Ronak Patel. Ron, yeah, Ronak Patel. This is one of Pete's best names ever. Big trouble in Tyson Little, China. That's nice. so good. Um, oh, what does this say? Uh, cr- crap man. Crap man snake table. <laughs> crap man snake table. Uh, the Kessel Run, DX Solo. Thank Whoa, you for your emails yesterday. I love you. DX actually messaged us, um, emailed me last night to say that all those people that tried to super chat but they didn't get through all got refunded. Yeah. Because he got emails through from YouTube today that he got refunded. That's good. Send that money back to us. Justin, could you be any better than Matthew Perry? Very oh. nice. Paul E. Dangerously Jarman. Send us an email, man. Come on. Hundred dollar man, CD Holver. We don't know if you're ever watching. Just please get in touch. Dan Van Sky. The yes. Rockets, yes. Beautiful voice. Float like a butterfly, Sam Adelie. What a dude. Yeah. What an absolute dude. All Mania Club members, except for Demario North. Whoa, thank you. Uh, Wrestle Talk's personal ring announcer. Rodrigo Benitez. Lovely stuff. And lastly, no one names their kid this anymore. Larry! Yes, thank you ever so much, everyone. Um, so shall we get into your reactions of this tag title change? And the reactions are what I expected this to be about, which is people <laughs> talking about Ricochet. But so actually one of the first comments we had in the, the live chat was like, so we're just going to ignore the Ricochet thing. We're not ignoring the Ricochet thing, but I didn't want to start this off with on such a negative note because this wasn't a good episode of Raw. So I didn't want us just to bury the show from start to end. I wanted to talk about something positive. Plus, my, my raw review that went up earlier was that was the headline. Yeah. Ricochet buried again. But it's okay because you guys <laughs> want to talk about Ricochet, so here we go. Ket says, from Prince Puma to Jobber. Uh, oh, how the mighty have fallen. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, there's, not, there's not a great deal to say here. Ricochet was apparently meant to be one of Heyman's protected guys. He was meant to be in that mix of Drew McIntyre, Alistair Black, Buddy Murphy, and Ricochet. This was the the new class of Heyman. And all those other people had something. Drew McIntyre is in the main event of WrestleMania. Murphy has become a tag team champion and has one of the best acts going at the moment with Seth Rollins. Uh, Black is, he, this week wasn't great for him either, but he has, he, he's certainly been winning a lot of stuff. Ricochet, dear God, it's like they're actively trying to bury him. It's like, Heyman isn't pushing Cedric Alexander anymore because he knows Vince is pushing back against it because Alexander used to be a Heyman project too. So he moved on to Ricochet and some forces cut that those legs out from underneath him. This can't be a Heyman thing. He's not this stupid. But I wonder if it's... They are... I'm going to try and pick my words here as, as carefully as possible. This is They, they think they're Daniel Bryaning this, which is Ugh. we're going to beat him yeah, he gets beaten by Brock Lesnar. That loss leads directly to him losing to Riddick Moss. That might lead to another loss. He has a big crisis of confidence. Then he makes this big babyface comeback and then goes on a losing streak and then goes on a winning streak on, off the back of it. I wonder if that is what their plan is. 
But I also wonder if we're just burying him because you know someone has said you know he sneezed somewhere backstage and now is being buried. And then in a year's time when he's getting pushed, they can turn around and say like, oh, I see that was the plan all along. Mm. Did you see um, the Bully Ray Cyrus XFM thing he did or whatever that show is called, Busted Open Radio? Whereas him and another guy were saying like, yeah, the Cena like the John Cena Fiend match. So Fiend had to lose the title so they could do that match. This is the match they've been building to since WrestleMania 30. And everyone's like, guys, you cannot seriously think they've been planning this for seven yeah, years. Yeah. Come on now. And why why can't it be for the title? Yeah. And they're going like, you marks, you're all dumb. You don't get it. You don't see the yeah. big picture. Uh, anyway, uh, Rio Adonte. I hate how they ruined Ricochet. WWE just doesn't care about certain characters. It's it's just insane. How How can you screw up someone like Ricochet? Unless this is part of design. It's not the design I would do. Absolutely. You're saying design in terms of a booking way to get him over or maybe design as in they are actively trying to bury him because he has annoyed someone. Booking decision of being like, we're going to send him on this because like that Brock Lesnar match had to be by design for a purpose. And this Riddick Moss loss felt like it was done for a purpose. So perhaps I've just got too much faith in Heyman here that we're going to see a better ricochet. Well, not a better ricochet, but a better push coming off the back of it. But so much of that upswell of support for Brian and the Yes movement was because he was a fantastic promo. But they, Ricochet yeah. is not a good promo. But this is what I'm saying. It's why I use Daniel Bryan as the example. They think they can mm. Daniel Bryan this situation. Daniel Bryan really was lightning in a bottle. But that lightning made them think this is how you make top stars again, which is you just beat them like a drum and they get over. Yeah. Without sort of missing a, a big part of what, what made Daniel Bryan over. Um, Kevin said, seriously, didn't Ricochet grab Vince's arm or something? Are they trying to do a redemption storyline or is it just another burial? I think it's a burial. I, 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 but I don't know why. <laughs> uh, e. Jam King, with Ricochet losing so much, do you think he'll join Seth's crew? Um, mm, maybe. I guess that's one way you could take this that isn't the worst idea in the world. You lost a Brock. You lost. You even lost to the twenty four seven champion. A joke belt. No one even knows Join who he is. Me. Uh, yeah, and that is that is a kind of character that the Messiah Act is missing. Mm-hmm. That super flippy guy. Uh, Do you know what would be an amazing storyline there is that Seth brings him in, and all of a sudden he becomes his new favorite, leading to Buddy jealousy, where he's like, "I used to be." Mm. He he becomes Woody, and Ricochet is Buzz. Yeah, yeah. Um, I d- it, that's that's. Probably the best way to take it from here, but I haven't got faith in them to do that. And Elijah Whitfield, oh, uh, only, I'll only be sorry, our only be okay would happen to Ricochet if he became one of the disciples. Yeah, so um, sort of echoing what the the last one said. Yeah, uh, yeah. I so we can we can say either WWE are mean well and they're just getting it wrong with the booking, or they are just mean and they are getting it right with the booking because they want to bury him. I would lean towards the latter. Yeah, I mean, we've, there is a lot of evidence to support that, that they're essentially going to Cedric this. And it's just like, you had, your, you had your three-week push. Now you're being buried because I'm bored of you. Because, like, you know, a lot of people said that they that Meltzer and everyone was so off the money with Cedric when they said that Vince has given up on him being like, no, 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 because he had such that push with AJ. And Cedric himself in interviews was just like, I got so much more over because of that AJ feud. Mm. And then, you know, where's Cedric been? Like, yeah. he's not been on TV for what feels like almost a year at this point. Well, I mean, it's, you know, it's not that much, but it feels like that long. 
Right, do you want to get into the whole show? Yes, so the go-home show for the Elimination Chamber, yep. by the way, there are going to be quite a few hastily announced matches in backstage interviews after an angle. <laughs> so we, uh, we did our predictions video yesterday when there was only three matches announced because schedules just mean we had to do it on Monday. And one of the big jokes we had in it is that we were going to predict matches that will happen at Elimination Chamber. I guessed three of them. We guessed four matches, and three of those, were, I was like, they'll do AJ Black, they'll do Rollins, Murphy versus the Street Profits, and they'll do Carrillo versus Andrade for the title. And those yeah. are the three matches that have been added. We kind of looked at Raw and just said, well, whatever's on that show. <laughs> they'll they'll just, just do, do it, it again at Elimination Chamber. Very lazy. Uh, but the opening segment for Raw was actually very, very good, I thought. Loved this segment. Brock Lesnar comes out, Paul Heyman's with him. Paul Heyman does the usual Brock Lesnar's great stuff. And he goes into how Drew's a sham, actually. You've all bought into him. But all he did was throw Brock over the top rope after Ricochet low blowed him. He didn't decimate or, like, you know, dominate, manhandle, dominate 15 members of the WWE roster alone like Brock did. Yada, yada, yada. And this brings out Drew. Mm -hmm. Drew, no nonsense, doesn't do a sexist Scott, doesn't point at the WrestleMania sign, just gets in the ring, stands opposite Brock, and they have a stare down. Lesnar smirks and walks off, but then runs back to hit him. And Drew hits a Claymore yeah. with no forward trajectory. No, he just knew that Brock was going to turn around and attack him. So he was like, well, I'm going to show you up here. Because like that whole promo was just like, yeah, no, Drew, Drew's not on the level of Brock Lesnar. He just got lucky. So Drew went out there to prove a point. Now, mm. point was, this isn't luck. I am going to beat you at WrestleMania. So he Claymores him right in the face. And this is why Brock is awesome. This is why having Brock as your WWE champion is the best outcome. Yeah. Because he's so good at selling these sorts of moments, when he sells weakness. And him selling weakness for Drew made Drew seem like a megastar. Yeah. Like, the like you know, the bee's knees, the next big thing. And, yeah, Drew, Heyman selling it as well. Like, Heyman getting in, hand on head, being like, oh, dear. Oh, well, we're in trouble come WrestleMania, aren't we? And then, so, like, you know, Brock's groggily trying to sort of get himself back to his feet and, like, get out of the ring and stuff. And, like, and then he gets to the top of the ramp and he's like, no, you dicks, I'm still the champion now, aren't I? Lifts it off the belt, turns around, Drew Claymore's him again. Just runs out from the back and Claymore's him again. He grabs the belt. The crowd are going bonkers for all of this. And Drew just looks at him, gives him another Claymore. Doesn't 3-2-1 it. It's just like, no, no, proving a point. Claymore. Yeah. The crowd were chanting one more time and like a baby face he gave it to them. It was wicked. He did then point at the sign. I didn't I didn't see that bit. I said that in my review. He didn't even point at the sign. Uh, but yeah, Brock's selling. He sold it so realistically as the thing. It wasn't goofy pro wrestling selling. Yeah. It was legit fight. I've been knocked out. I'm trying not to sell. I'm trying not to sell the fact that that just rocked me completely. But in trying to cover that up you're almost giving away even more. You're stumbling. Your eyes aren't focusing properly on things. Yeah. A tremendous performance by Brock. But it was so, so good. And I thought the a wicked opening segment mm. to the show. It was very short as well. It was about 15 minutes. It, it did yeah, not yeah. feel like it, it was yeah, 15 it did minutes. Bye bye. And this is the first time, really, we've seen Brock and Drew really get into the meat of this program about a month after it was set up at the Rumble. So this is. Yeah, we're in the end game now of the five-week build towards Mania. I'm really into it. Well, they had to, quote, focus on the Ricochet uh, match at Super Showdown. Compare those two, the two builds. Right? 
where Lesnar just kicked Ricochet in the dick and left him laying to this. Uh, then we got the tag match and title change. Very good. We've spoken about the Ricochet stuff. Yeah. Uh, that's what came next. The, the, after the good Lesnar opening, newsworthy title change. I thought we were onto a winning show at this point. And then the show just fell apart because Ricochet went in there with Riddick Moss for the 24-7 championship. Because oh, they, they announced earlier on the day Riddick Moss is going to be defending the 24-7 title. So Ricochet makes an entrance from Ash. I'm like, okay, cool. Here's the redemption of Ricochet after that 90-second loss to Lesnar. I come back from ad break. Riddick Moss is standing in the ring. And I was like, oh, no. Ricochet's challenging for the 24-7 title. This can't be. And then this match had an ad break. And it wasn't because Ricochet was running wild. It's because Ricochet was getting his ass kicked the entire time. And then he just lost. And then I was like, well, like Rick felt way less over in this match than he did, you know, two weeks ago. And yeah, he just lost. And no reaction for, for Moss winning, which doesn't make Rick's loss mean anything. No. And that just having Ricochet in a match for the 24 oh, 7 title, gross. that's bad enough. Yeah, disgusting. But then to have him sort of only take 30% of the offense against the guy who is not established in any way. He only debuted about six weeks ago. He's only ever been a joke character, an enforcer to Mojo Jojo Rawley, and that was broken up really quickly. There is no substance or hook there. To have him so dominated by, by Moss, and then not even give Ricochet the fluke roll-up victory that they love to give him so much. To yeah. have him lose, it's just, and then uh, that's off the back of a 90-second, no offense at all, lost to Brock Lesnar last Thursday. I j it's like they want to ruin this guy. Yeah. And th th there's no question about it. They, they have buried him. Like, it's irreparably. And again, I know, and I feel like I'm Bruce Pritcharding this. If this is part of a story, then, you know, at the end of it, you could, you could turn around and say, oh, well, those losses all were for a reason. But you cannot deny the fact that in doing this, Ricochet is less over at this point. Yeah. Like, he might not... Because you can't... Daniel Bryan... We've been over the Daniel Bryan thing. But it is... Ricochet got no reaction coming out here. He got no reaction during his offense and his comeback. He got no reaction for losing. So, turns out that Brock Lesnar thing didn't work for him because he is not over now. And then come next week, he's not going to be over again. So, it's not working. Even if this is part of a storyline, currently, it is not working. Yeah, I just... The optics of, of challenging for the, the WWE Championship on Thursday and losing, and four days later, at a pay-per-view, and four days later, challenging for the lowest championship in the company, a joke championship, and losing that too. It doesn't just say this guy's rubbish and a definite undercarder. A set like one step above a jobber. We're talking about Ricochet here. Yeah. Former right. North American, inaugural North American champion? No, Adam Cole was the inaugural. Former North American champion, the guy who did that moonsault into the super kick from Adam Cole, the guy who thrilled the Indies, the guy that had that match with Will Ospreay that effectively broke the internet. He's every bit of as athletic as Will Ospreay is. Yeah, he could like he could be so so much more than this. So, but it's not just him. You're, you're effectively saying your company is a joke. How was this guy 
fighting for your top title four days ago. He beat Bobby Lashley a few weeks back. He was beating the OC two weeks ago. Um, yeah, it's if this is a storyline, it is definitely not the storyline I'd be doing with Ricochet. No, far from it. Um, after this, we got the advertised match of AJ Styles versus Alistair Black. And I've seen a lot of people go to bat for this angle. All oh, this is good underdog babyface booking because what happened, Black and AJ are going to have a match, which I was super into, really looking forward to that. They've been advertising this for more than a week. And AJ's like, oh, you must not have read the contract. You've got to get through Carl Anderson first. He beats Carl Anderson. But it is a back and forth match. It's not just a... Which I, I was fully explaining this to be. Black Mass and pins him straight away. Ah, but you can't face me yet. You've got to face Luke Gallows now. Luke Gallows dominates him, pretty much. And Luke Gallows gets DQ'd because he's beaten up Black too much. He's winning too much. All right, then. Okay, this isn't... So you're going to face AJ now. And AJ beats him in a couple of minutes with a phenomenal forearm because of the previous two matches. So I've seen a lot of people in the comments and on Reddit saying, why are you angry about that? That's great babyface booking. You've got to go through all the bosses to, to fight AJ. He was softened up by the end of it. I just... Are you watching the same thing <laughs> I'm watching? This was not a competitive experience. The, yeah, and I think worse than that is that none of this was about Alistair Black. Exactly. This whole match and storyline is a backdrop to the Undertaker versus AJ Styles match. Because AJ's promo was not about Alistair Black. AJ's promo was about The Undertaker and Marky Mark making fun of him in this, uh, quote, viral video. Oh, my God. Have you seen that? So AJ said, look, there's this, you know, people are saying don't face The Undertaker. Even Mark Wahlberg in a viral video has told me not to. Please play the clip, lads. Like, why would AJ's character ask? I said my piece on that before. And it's just a shot of Mark Wahlberg on a junket yep. in a standard press interview just saying, hey man, stay away from The Undertaker. It's embarrassing <laughs> for WWE to pass that off as something realistic. Yeah. It just, it just smacked of, you're a joke. This, this company comes off like a joke. I actually quite like the Marky Mark thing. But they said it's viral. <laughs> when I looked, it's had 30,000 views. Yeah. Our predictions video at that point <laughs> and had more views than this viral video. Yeah. I just but that's, hated it. So this was, that was my issue I had with this segment, is that, you know, you F fans on an advertised match, um, which you're just going to do in a few days' time at Elimination Chamber. But really, even that is just a backdrop to the Undertaker feud. The Undertaker is the... The crowd were chanting for The Undertaker during this match. They were not chanting for Alistair Black. So it didn't work. And that's why I didn't like this. Mm. AJ pinned Black with The Undertaker. Which shows that AJ's not even focused on that either. Yeah. I do think that Alistair Black is going to win on Sunday, though, because I think that AJ's going to get distracted by Undertaker's massive dong, and, the, and then Black will hit a black mass off the back of it, which doesn't really help Black either. Like That means that Black only won because of Undertaker interference. I'm not even that excited about Styles Black on Sunday. You should have seen the Super Chats last week, man. I know you yeah. weren't here for them, but every, like, there were so many people being like, can't wait for Styles Black. Yeah, I was, I was one of them. I was really looking forward to this match. And yeah. Um, so after that, we got, oh my God, what <laughs> this happened? Ruby Riot cut a promo, which she did the best she could with awkward scripted material. Mm -hmm. And then she took on Liv Morgan with Sarah Logan as the special guest referee because they're all in the Elimination Chamber match on Sunday. Yep. And 
I guess WWE want to try and create some interest in the people who aren't Shayna Baszler and Asuka. Yeah, they're, they're trying to like create you know, the dinners with Asuka and Natalia being like, that's a mini storyline that's in this chamber. Liv and Ruby, that's a storyline in this chamber. Now Sarah Logan's involved in that as well. But the problem was, is that like, <laughs> they were like, man, let's recap this feud. So they showed a clip from last month, which was when this started, and they've done nothing with it since. And then it was like, oh, and also something happened last week. And then like, oh, why the why don't the fans care about this? Gee, I wonder why. Well, they didn't. They, no, they did not. Care. The crowd was silent for this match. Yep. Um, it was completely uninteresting. There was no hook. I, I can't even tell you if it was well worked because my I, I didn't see anything. It was like I was watching wallpaper. R Ruby dominated the match effectively. I don't care. Um, and she, Sarah, there was a moment when Liv Morgan kicked out and in kicking out, Ruby accidentally hit Logan and that kind of is what led to Logan screwing with her later in the match. Um, and then at the end of it, did they... Logan stood tall, right? Like yes. they sort of like her and Liv worked together, and then she also pushed down Liv because there's no friends inside the chamber. Oh, there's your go home angle. And then one of them said, "It was Phillips." Said, "God, the Riot Squad are in tatters." I was like, "They're not a group anymore. Like they haven't been a group for a year." And, sorry, I called Pete down. Thanks, Pete. I need to bring my laptop charger. Ah. Um, like the other part of this as well. Thank you, Pete. Lives from New Jersey. Yes. They were in her area, more or less. And she got no reaction whatsoever. Mm. And they were treating this, like the commentary were trying to make this feel like it was Roman Reigns versus Seth Rollins with Dean Ambrose as the uh, referee. Oh yeah, when I think of all time <laughs> great factions, it's the Horsemen, it's the Shield, and it's the Riot Squad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, off two just, well, three pretty crappy segments. Some, you know, one of those ricochets being just, all-time awful. Like one of the worst things I've seen all year. That happened to Ricochet. Yep. Uh, we got the reveal of what's in Rowan's cage backstage. <laughs> a, a plot point that's been teased for about, I don't know, two, three months now. And it was just a backstage bit with No Way Jose congering through the corridors. Freaking hate that guy. <laughs> act. The act. The character, not him. And he just asks, hey, Rowan, what is in the cage? And Rowan says, you asked me so politely. I'm going to show you and your, and your friends here what's in my cage. And so he opens up the cage. And I thought, are they going to like frame this in a way where you don't really see it? And so people might try and like freeze frame and be like, oh, that's what's in yeah. it. Now, they showed this in full view. It is a animatronic spider that this company wants you to think is real. And it's not like, they're not saying this is an animatronic spider. They are saying, no, this is an actual real spider because it's Saxton, I think, says, oh my God, I think that thing's alive. And then Jerry Lawler later on is like, oh man, I can't stop thinking about that tarantula. So either everyone in the company is an idiot because they have been fooled by an animatronic or this company wants you to believe that it's a real spider. It, I had drastically low expectations for this reveal. And somehow they didn't meet them. Yeah. But I laughed a lot because I thought it was so, like this was Rowan's fake, this was fake Rowan all over again. When you just watch it, you're like, <laughs> okay, I guess that's what it is then. Within the space of six months, he has been able to get really, really over 
off the back of that Brian storyline, but also had two of the dumbest <laughs> angles in the last 10 years in WWE. <laughs> Fake Rowan and this spider thing within six months to the same guy. It's impressive. It is actually. It is quite impressive. I'm amazed, WWE, <laughs> at your capacity to screw stuff up. Honestly. <laughs> also in this, we found out that uh, Goldberg winning the uh, Universal title is WWE's most liked photo in Instagram history. So take that, Marks. Turns yeah. out the, the, the casuals like it. Uh, I've, I've just written off the back of the Rowan thing. This is a very bad <laughs> It really was. Uh, then we got Kyrie Sane versus Shayna Baszler. Annoyingly, another match that had to be changed. It was meant to be Baszler versus Asuka. Uh, that was the advertised match. Mouthwatering, right? They're going to face in the chamber this weekend. Yes, yes, yes. Should have been built for a pay-per-view, but yes. Asuka legitimately sprained her wrist. What? Yes, but Alex McCarthy of TalkSport is saying that she isn't injured. It was just a storyline. Okay, so there's Meltzer saying she is. Alex McCarthy's saying uh, she isn't. Both good sources there. But whatever it was. I mean, if it was a storyline, that's terrible. Yeah. You, you shortchanged two... Different things. Did you hear about SmackDown on Saturday, the live event there? Oh, with The Fiend? Yeah. yeah. They advertised up until the day of the show that The Fiend is going to be there, and then he wasn't. And apparently a lot of people complained about that. Yeah. I wonder what you would do. Yeah. If you bought a ticket for that one thing, if I bought a ticket to go see Rage Against the Machine, and then Rage Against the Machine didn't play, but someone else did, I'd be like, well, no, I, I bought my tickets to see this thing. Yeah. It's a headline draw. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it, and it's like, you might think, oh, yeah, but WWE's a selling point. nuh -uh. Ticket sales are down. They're at their lowest level in, I don't know, 20, 30 years for WWE house shows. And it's because they've slowly chipped away at these territories' audiences by promising them loads of stuff and none of it happening when they get there. Uh, and in all of this... God, it sucks to be Kyrie Sane because you are legit one of the best wrestlers in this company. Not like, you know, one of the best women wrestlers, just one of the best wrestlers in this company. And you are a utility player for someone else. Yeah. Like, not, you know, Asuka's amazing, but Kyrie Sane and Asuka shouldn't have been a tag team in the first place. They would put that together for, you know, the completely the wrong reasons. They're Japanese. There you go. They should have been single stars, and Kyrie Sane should have been one of those top single stars along with Asuka. But Kyrie Sane is now a utility player to help build Asuka. Which sucks for Kyrie Sane. And I mean, I've written here, I cannot believe that there hasn't been a recap of the history between Kyrie Sane and Shayna Baszler. <laughs> I mean, I can, but that doesn't <laughs> make it any better. Uh, Shayna came out with an NXT name bar, so brands. And uh, yeah, the, I, to, I thought Shayna looked pretty awesome. Yeah, well, she is awesome. She's yeah. so, so awesome. But it was, <laughs> Spanish was very weird in that. They Asuka and Kairi Sane cut a heel promo at the start, and then Kairi Sane worked babyface during the I match. Thought, I thought Sane worked heel. Did you, did you think the one that was being worked over? Yeah, I know. I, and then making the big uh, babyface comeback. No, I, I saw it as, especially the way Kairi did like a little bum wiggle and stuff in Shayna's face, I saw it as Sane is working heel, but she is, an, not, in my, not in my view, in WWE's, an insignificant, natty, pestering heel mm. that Baszler the badass tweener swats down. It could be, yeah, yeah. That's what I read into it. Uh, otherwise, the I mean, the dynamic doesn't really work anyway. I thought Shayna was the heel. I like this Shayna, though. But this Becky Lynch thing happened. <laughs> Becky Lynch has kind of jumped the shark. 
So me and Pete were talking about it before you go into the office today. This, what annoys me with this Becky, so Becky came out in this big Del Boy fur coat and these knobhead glasses and acted like a prick. And she sat down on commentary, spoke like a prick the entire time, stole King's crown and acted like a goofball. I didn't like Becky Lynch. And the, sort of, the character I guess that they're meant to be saying is that she's become overconfident because she's now run through everyone. She is overconfident and that overconfidence is going to bite her in the ass when she gets to Shayna Baszler at WrestleMania. Like that is fine. That's a perfectly fine story if that's the one you're telling. But that's not the story they've been telling for the past couple of weeks because she wasn't that character when Shayna Baszler was biting her in the neck. Like surely that should have changed the character. You are overconfident, then this wild woman shows up and bites your neck. And then you're like, well, now I need to get serious. Which she did for two weeks and now she's back to the comedy thing. So it's inconsistent. Yeah. There's no consistency here. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. I really liked the, the when Becky did badass Becky and she drove when, the ambulance yeah, back. Yeah, totally. And last week when she came out to beat up Baszler, awesome. Like that's been really, really great stuff. And then all like what seven days later, she's back to being a dickhead again. So where like why? Why why have you changed the character like that? I don't know if people in the chat right now are saying, Oh, but I love Becky, this, this, this. I've I've been on your side for a while, but I've kind of been like, uh, she isn't really connecting with me. Mm. And not just like last year, I would say was WWE booking her wrong. I was like, I love you, Becky. I'm just it's annoying that you're you're being booked in these bad storylines. But now the last month, it's kinda I've been wrestling with this thing in my head of it being no, I don't like your character. Yeah, well, and when I got in this morning, yeah, you you were saying that, and and Laurie also was like, "Why is she such a dick right now?" Yeah, and it doesn't. I feel the same. If she'd have done this though before Baszler had bitten her in the neck, you could argue that it has yes. com- that completely makes sense because she has had this overconfidence thing. It's completely gone to her head. She thinks she's the queen of the mountain, and this you know this badass from MMA is going to come up and show her up. Perfectly fine story, but they've told it out of order. Mm. And so now this week doesn't make sense with what happened last week or the week prior. But you, you're okay. We're, I think we're okay because everyone in the comments is not really on side with this. Um, Becky has gone. Becky looks goofy. Becky Lynch has gone stale. Becky's trying to be Conor McGregor. Becky is Blair. I can't stand Becky at this point. Becky likes me. She's jumped the shark. She's like John Cena 2012. So she's acting like Seth Rollins. <laughs> That's very true. I'm getting the same kind of go away heat that I had for Seth last summer. For, for Becky right now. And it's not her fault. Absolutely, it's not her fault. It's, it's an inconsistent story. That I don't know, has... the, the, this seems like her character. This seems like what she wants to do. I don't know, I, 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 I don't, don't You know, like when we, when we blame Seth for his Twitter game, this style of obnoxious humor, I feel like it's coming from Becky because that's what we've seen in the past. But what I mean is like, I. The inconsistent character-wise, mm. I don't think it's Becky's fault. Like, I don't think she showed up to work on Monday and was like, do you know what I should do? I should wear a Del Boy coat and some dickhead glasses and go and act like a knob. Because, but, that, because that will really get over my feud with Shayna. But it's, that is totally in the same vein as those gangster meme glasses. Which and that, is, that feels like totally Becky. But she did that before Shayna biting her in the neck. Right. I, so th- we're agreeing that the inconsistency yeah. is not. I'm, all, I'm, I'm saying that's annoying. I'm also saying that her character's annoying separate to that. Okay, and I am saying, I agree with you, that I think she wanted to do that up until a point. Mm. Then Shayna bites her in the neck and we go back to badass Becky. Like that, well, I, I feel like that is a character trajectory that completely works. 
And I think that completely feels like a Becky thing. Like that feels very much in Becky's wheelhouse. So it just doesn't make sense for her then, to, like two weeks later, to be like, "Oh, I, th yeah, I think I'm going to go back to the knobhead thing." If that's all right with you. Well, anyway, Shayna blocked a Kyrie Sane elbow drop with her boot, which was really cool. Just like she was lying on the floor and f you. Uh, and then she choked out Sane immediately with a Kirifuda clutch. Baszler is awesome. I really hope she wins at Mania. Yeah, because uh, she's, she's definitely, definitely winning the chamber. <laughs> After that, we got Rey Mysterio. After that, so that was all, you know, that was a bad, rough stretch of Raw, the worst it's been in quite some time, I'd but say. Certainly all year. Uh, and, but then, the last two segments were awesome. Rey Mysterio and Humberto Carrillo versus Zelina Vega's sexy, sexy boys. Oh, they are some sexy boys. Andrade and Angel Garza. Yeah, this was a really, really, like, yeah, of course this was. This is an amazing tag match. I seriously hope that all four of these are fighting for the US title at Mania. Yeah. A fatal four-way between. They, it's the a ladder match. <laughs> a ladder match would be rad. Uh, a radder match, if you will. But um, I do think that this should be a fatal four-way at WrestleMania. I just really like watching all four of these people work together. Uh, in the end, Carrillo got hit the moonsault and he pinned Andrade after a double 619. So that sets up a US title match. Which I do think Carrillo might win. I wonder if they're going to take as the title. Punishment. Yeah, take the title off Andrade as punishment for getting suspended. Uh, I would usually agree with you, but it's Carrillo. <laughs> Why didn't he win at Super Showdown then? Oh, no, he did? No, he did? didn't. No, no Angel did. win. No, because this is all part of the story. It's all part... <laughs> because he's been losing to AJ Styles, you know, since, what, October last year to build to this point now where he oh, finally... Oh, yeah. And so all of those losses are fine because he gets this win over here. Long-term book. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> They've been building to The Fiend versus John Cena for seven years. So Garza and Carrillo had blue tights on. Yeah, so nearly feel, matching gear. I feel like they want to be a team. I want them to be a team. Well, this is it, because if you take the belt off Andrade and then uh, at WrestleMania you do the Fatal 4-Way, you can move Andrade and Carrillo away from the that US title scene and move them into the tag picture. Ooh, yes, and they'd please. be an amazing tag team. But the main event of the show was really quite stunning. I thought Randy Orton, is, who's been doing the best work of his career anyway, leveled up again here. This, you know there was that report, oh it was Jerry wasn't it, who said, you know, people are being, they're more free to just go out there and cut promos, it's not scripted for them anymore. I thought last week's Randy Orton promo was a great example of that. I think this one is an even better example mm. of this. This didn't feel like this was scripted. This was just Randy went out there and was like, I'm going to tell this story. Well, the and report, sorry, yeah, the report is that Heyman has a lot of stuff to do with this storyline. A lot of it's coming from Randy and Edge. Could, uh, yeah, and that yeah. totally makes sense because this felt like a, a character telling a story from their past. Mm. That completely makes sense and completely justifies. Like, what a wicked twist in this tale as to why he wanted to injure Edge. I, I wouldn't have predicted this. No. This, was the, this was the reason he did it. And it's such a, a genius reason that completely works for Randy's character that he thinks was the, the right action to do, but you as the babyface fan knows it's the wrong thing for him to do. It was brilliant. Yeah, so Beth Phoenix comes out. This is what it was billed as. Beth Phoenix is going to give a medical update on Edge. I think everyone knows, though, that Randy's also going to come out there. That's what happened. And he goes to hug her, but she's like, get away from me. What? So he goes to shake her hand. Yeah. And she's like, you think I'm going to shake your hand? Yeah. And he just, like, he looks really sad. And, like, his acting was phenomenal. And then he, he explains why he did it. He tells a story about how he looked up to Edge. Edge 
effectively saved his life, he said, yeah. when he made questionable life choices in the noughties. So now he wanted to return the favour because he loves Edge. He loves Beth. He loves their two daughters. And when he saw Edge at the Royal Rumble, great. But the next night, when he realised that Edge wanted to return full-time, he thought, someone's going to retire. Someone's going to seriously injure you. So to stop that from happening, I'm going to take you out of action. Yeah. And it just an incredible, like you said, I just, I never thought that that would be the explanation. I just thought we'd get some default WWE, you people. I was almost waiting for him to say like, and you, and because he, he goes like, and you know why I did it, Beth. And I was waiting for, oh my God, here comes the you people. And he's like, because it's your fault. Yeah. The pointing at Beth is like, you put ideas in his head that he can return to wrestling. You don't love him the way that I love him. Ah, oh, so good. Because of what I did, that means that I love your children more than you do because I've made sure they've still got their father. It was amazing stuff. And it's, it's so weird because you do, I mean, I find myself kind of not agreeing with Randy, but certainly understanding him. It's the, it's the pack, uh, yeah. Hangman Page stuff. Hangman Page doesn't feel like he's the bad guy in any of the situation because you completely understand his plight. Mm. And you understand Randy's character motivations here. He is, the, he is the bad guy. There's no question about that. But it's like Thanos. Like what Thanos yes. is doing, Thanos thinks that he's doing the right thing. And one of my favorite things in Endgame is when uh, Steve and Natty are just talking and he's like, oh, yeah, there were whales out by the Hudson Bridge. Well, there's more, you know, there's more fish now. Like there's more, the sea's clearer, so people are going to mm. move around. You're like, so in, technically in a way, Thanos was right. And it's just that one little throwaway line. And there is that moment where you're like, Randy's, maybe he was right. Because someone could have injured Edge. It, it, it was so effective that I started to think, man, maybe I'm bad for wanting Edge yes, to come right. back. <laughs> <laughs> it was really, really masterfully done. And if you look at it from a character perspective, which is really, really fun to dive into, when Autumn was younger and starting out, if he saw a legend coming back, he would have, that was his whole gimmick. He was the legend killer. He would have seriously injured that person. So he is doing this thing where he, he's so deluded and in his own head, he thinks everyone else is as sick and demented as he is. Yeah. Like he just thinks, well, I've got to take edge out, otherwise some young legend killer is going to do it, and I, I, I can't let that happen. He did this out of respect, was the other side of it as well. Oh. The story tells us that in 99, WWE did a house show in, in St. Louis, where he's from, and Cowboy Bob Orton took him to that show, and took him backstage to meet everyone. Although weirdly in that, he said, I saw all the greats backstage, like, uh, from that era, like Austin, Triple yeah. H, Shawn Michaels, I'm like, Shawn Michaels was not there at that time. <laughs> He, he was doing something, but he, he mainly was just wandering around. <laughs> yeah, no mention of like of the Rock, but you know, yeah. you know the other big names like Triple H, and um, he, you know, he said that he saw Edge, he met Edge, mm -hmm. and Edge shook Cowboy Bob Orton's hand and treated him with the respect that he deserved. And then my dad looked at me and he said, "This is my boy. He's hoping to be, you know, get into this business as well." And Edge shook me like by the hand like a man and said, "I hope one day we can share the ring together if you work hard enough." And so Randy has taken all of that, taken that meeting, taken the love and the friendship that they had, and Edge saving him, and has been like, it's time for me to return the favour. It's time for me to save yeah. you now. I, it, it, was, it was absolutely masterful. Just like the, the idea, the content, the delivery, the performance. And Beth looks at him when he says, you know, maybe I love your daughters more than you do. <laughs> and she slaps him. 
but Randy doesn't do anything. I think in his head, he's like, okay, I mean, you're wrong, but I'm the better man, so I'm not going to do it. Okay, you're going to kick me. Right, okay, so, and right. it was on the kick that made him strike. Yeah, yeah. She struck first. Yeah. So, yeah, he hits an RKO. And unfortunately, the crowd were a bit markish. The crowd treated Orson like he was the baby face in all this. So they were chanting RKO, RKO, before the RKO happened. Like, ah, this will be funny. Let's watch Randy, I said in the review, do his now annual tradition of hitting a woman after last year with Nia Jax. So they're chanting for an RKO, which, you know, did take away from the drama and tension of the moment. This wasn't a fun chant along bit. But then he does hit the RKO, and the crowd shut up. I'm like, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> oh, they, they did that. But you, the crowd were annoying. And then there were two other bits that did stop this from being an utterly perfect angle. I, and, and this is nitpicking, but it, this, this, that's the point of this show. And it's to cut to the announcers, and they're like, Oh, and they, they weren't selling it well. They do the Owen Hart voice, but... Like, what, why doesn't anyone get outraged anymore? Why isn't anyone going, oh, you sick person? Like, like JR. Who, yeah, who's screaming that? It's like, oh, well, you know, Beth, Beth's really uh, injured there. Let's take four more replays of it happening. I just... Yeah, and then the mid-card, well, I say the mid-card, like the undercard without Ricochet run out to, to help her. Yeah, so that Natalia was there, of course, very good friends. Kurt Hawkins, I assume there's the Edgeheads connection. Ryder our, was there as well. Ah, truth, yeah. But, you know, I wasn't seeing that. I was just thinking, where's the doctors? <laughs> <laughs> and it's difficult because we all criticise WWE for not having those guys run out for when Edge was attacked in the first place, or for Matt Hardy. But they do it now, and it's like, oh, you... But you still haven't done it right. <laughs> so, I don't know. But overall, absolutely fantastic from from Randy and yeah, Beth, loved particularly it. Randy, yeah. and and just the whole the whole idea and driving force behind this motivation has excelled my wildest dreams. Yeah, um, so it's, very it's, good. Like I'm actually I'm really excited for WrestleMania this year because there are like Becky Shane, a feud aside or build aside. I'm looking forward to that match. Really excited mm. for. Um, Drew, Brock. I'm really, really excited for Randy Orton Edge. Like, I cannot wait for that match. Yeah. I wish I was more excited for John Cena the Fiend, but the build for it, I say the build, the announcement for it, I thought was just the worst kind of awfulness. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and I would have liked to have been excited for Roman Goldberg had Roman not come out and be like, me next. Yeah. And be like, okay, that's how you get title shots these days. I mean, in fairness, that's how Goldberg got his title shot was come out and say, like, get me. I'm, I'm next in line, thanks. Well, what the good old days when Vince McMahon just to walk out and say, now it's this person. <laughs> uh, right, so overall, I actually gave the show a two out of five. I'd agree. Although it was bookended by some fantastic segments, particularly the, the closing angle. The middle of the show was god-awful. It was, it was 2019 levels of bad. Yeah. Like, the, the Rowan reveal was so hilariously awful. Poor old Ricochet and Alistair Black... You know, you can argue that it's babyface booking 101, but he was not the focal points of that. The Undertaker and AJ were the focal points of that. There was not, and the, there's poor old Liv Morgan. Her push has just faded into obscurity since, Gen since January 1st. Like they have completely given up on her. And they've, you know, well, they brought Ruby Riot back and just kept her off TV for five weeks and then, like, oh, by the way, care about her again. Mm. Yeah, it's not great.
Now let's bash through these super chats because there's a ton of them. Yep, and still uh, no one wants to talk about the tag chance. So <laughs> you go on, you take Ricochet. Anthony C, I was in the crowd on Raw and I'm sad to say I saw the death of Ricochet's career. Mm. Hey, AEW. Apparently he's got a long contract though, so in no time soon. Harry Pig or scary thought, what if they just aren't thinking about either burying or redeeming Ricochet? <laughs> <laughs> they are simply using him to get Riddick Moss over. <laughs> hey, maybe, maybe he's the new pet project. It's Riddick Moss. Luke Sermon, after what happened to Ricochet and many others, they wonder why superstars don't want to sign new contracts. Yet they still do. Because the WWE is the big game. Everyone wants to get to the big game. So to them, you know, Vince said it in the conference call with the investors. Why wouldn't someone want to sign here? Like it makes no sense to him as a person why no one would want, like, you know, if you're a wrestler, of course you want to come here. The real YT, unfortunately, Ricochet give bad promos. Yeah, he was, he's not good at that style of promo. I've seen him cut really good promos yeah. on the, in the Indies. They poorly scripted him. Zach Icon Linda. Ricochet? More like Trebuchet. Tre Trebuchet is like a... Yeah. I don't get it. Yeah, I'm not sure on that one either. But cool. Cool, thanks anyway, Zach. Uh, on the subject of Drew and Lesnar, Jesse Venables said, Drew got three claymores on Lesnar. Hot damn. Also loved what they did with Brock and having Styles play the perfect heel by using Taker's pin. Good S word. Loved what they did with Black. Oh, love what they did with Black. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I disagree with you there. I love the Drew Lesnar stuff though. Ken Emil, Bromobile, uh, when I saw Lesnar's stunned face after the third claymore and heard Tom Phillips calling the segment, I thought it would be the end of Raw. Thoughts? Uh, yeah, I guess so. But Brock does feel like he does a lot of opening angles now. A Paul Heyman promo to open Raw is a bit copy and paste. Mm, yeah. No, I kind of see, but also I really like the drama of ending with that Beth segment. Oh, yeah. Right uh, cool, yeah. Yeah. Kevin, is this the Beck, uh, is this the best Brock Lesnar championship run since his return in 2012? I don't think any run has been more enjoyable than this one. Shaman had to begin with squashing Kofi in eight seconds, though. I don't, I'd have to probably sit down and think about it, just because I can't really point to any great matches he's had. Mm. Oh, the Ricochet match. <laughs> Uh, Ron's Regen, Drew's Claymore is great and all, but it, uh, but it is as nice as Goldberg's deadly snap suplex. I think not. Oh, uh, yeah, the, yeah the, the, the cuddle bomb. <laughs> <laughs> the uh. jackhammer. Oh, dear. Lowercase j. Um, Phil108, uh, Ruthless Aggression episode for Brock showed him insanely dazed after the um, shooting star press botch. Yeah. We sold the Claymore's almost exactly the same as that footage. Intentional? No, I, I just think Brock knows how to act concussed. And in the, the shooting star one, he was concussed. Yeah. Uh, Metal Bear, the crowd exploded when Drew lifted that belt. So keen for that match. I would have said Av Raj because of the first two segments. End to the episode was Big Hairy Balls. <laughs> Keep up the great stuff, lads. I'm not Big Hairy Balls. You want to take the next uh, segment? Uh, on the RKO segment. Why do fans not really go along with the kayfabe and calling for RKOs on the good guys and we want tables one more time? It shows lack of involvement. Yeah, I'd, I'd say that. I mean, I would say that it shows lack of interest, but I would have thought people are really into this storyline and I want to be part of that drama. Yeah, it's because you can't just say, here's a segment you now care about. Here's, here's 90 minutes of absolute tosh. Uh, you don't get this stuff in NXT. You don't get this stuff in AEW because they've cultivated a respect from their audience mm. where they do treat these live performers who are right there in front of you with, yeah, with equal respect. Um, Miguel 8A, 
Can't stay to watch. Thanks, school, but I'll watch later today. School's very important. I feel like I'm alone on this, but I can't get into the Randy storyline, knowing the payoff will be an Orton-type match at the end. That's hmm. a, yeah, maybe I'm in, I'm interested. In, yeah, maybe I'm interested in the story more than I am the eventual match. That's my concern. Yeah. Edge coming back after almost a decade out, and Randy Orton. Because what if the match is Orton just working over him for ninety percent of the match, and then he makes a big comeback, like you know the Daniel Bryan comeback match at WrestleMania. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Pedro Sereno. Orton really believes in gender equality. Yeah. Exactly. Just hit everyone. <laughs> uh, Ronce Rajan. Randy Orton loves Edge's kids the same way <laughs> Samoa Joe loves Wendy. Yeah. Oh, Wendy. Uh, Metal Bear. Randy Angle didn't sit with me for some reason. After Hardy, I was expecting Edge to come out. Randy has been next level, though. Yeah. Well, I think Edge is coming next Monday. Next, yes, next Monday, his return, yeah. On the subject of Rowan and his Big Harry Spider. <laughs> uh, Nate Drop's surname. I've seen B-horror movie props look better than that. Yeah, it was no good. But they're also shot in a certain way to hide the fact that they look cheap, whereas this was just a camera was focused on it to make mm-hmm. it so you knew it was fake. Uh, Gaz and Zilla of Rock and Roller. Well, we all knew the run of Raw being really good wouldn't last, but this was a further fall than I expected. An effing toy spider. Hashtag this company. Uh, Marcus Roman, three months we've been waiting for what's in Rowan's cage and we got a fake spider. I'm slightly disappointed. How am I still watching WWE's bad booking? I don't know. Habit, mainly, yeah. I think, yeah. Uh, and Kyle Hardy is the reason they didn't use a real spider for Owens because the WWF are still watching WWE <laughs> for looking for reasons to sue, i.e. animal cruelty. But yeah, you would just have like Peter involved and just have them there on set. Like movies use real animals mm-hmm. and they just have Peter on set to be like, yeah, you treated them right. It was a backstage segment. You can, you know, control that a lot better than a live performance. Yeah. Uh, but it just wouldn't have been good. It still wouldn't have been good. Oh, no. no it's still rubbish. On WWE Misc. Miscellaneous. <laughs> Metal Bear. Good Raw again. Some great segments with Raw and the tag titles. We on the other the hand... Titles. Sorry, Drew and the... Yeah. On the other hand, Paul Ricochet. Oof. Title match to be buried by the 24-7 champion four days later. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Sparks. Becky will win at Mania. And following day, she will issue an open challenge for the belt. And out comes Ronda Rousey. WWE is too predictable. I wouldn't say that. I, I wouldn't say that's a lock. Yeah, I certainly wouldn't say that's a lock. Um, yeah. Colostopia. Titles don't mean anything in WWE. Umberto pretty much loses every match except yesterday and gets a title shot on Sunday. Title rematch, a thing again. Yeah, you're right. It's, it, I didn't even think of that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, no, it's please. just I just accept it now when they say, oh, and this person's facing the, for the title. I honestly believe they hope you've forgotten about that antiquated rematch clause because they've actually done quite a lot of these... <laughs> automatic rematches they just haven't called it that anymore yeah. so I just think they want to hope that you forgot about that promo and also forgot about the we're sorry we're sorry promo that they did were like we made a bad product please like us we did that and we like to think that we're still making up for it <laughs> yeah <laughs> we made a bad product but it was Baron Corbin's yeah. fault uh, Sean Dunn hey Sean Joe 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 bro Jonas um, L. He's a, he's a fan of under-consultation, Sean Dunn, so he's got great taste. Mark. Jonas L. I love seeing Double A teaming up together, but I have a feeling that Andrade finds Angel Garza a little annoying. Well, you can tell that story, but you don't do that story now. You yes. do that story in like a year, 18 months' time. Nate drops surname. Said it Friday and step one of my Alistair fears. Yeah. And yeah. second fiddle. Start recording. After what WrestleMania, 
After WrestleMania, what do you see being the first intercontinental title feud? I think it's either Sheamus versus Mustafa Ali or Sheamus versus Daniel Bryan. We actually cut this out of the predictions video, but I found out uh, that apparently one of the reported plans for WrestleMania is Sheamus versus Daniel Bryan, and I was flabbergasted that mm. that's apparently the plan. They loved that match idea for WrestleMania. My computer's just dying. That's okay, man. I got you covered. This is why I got Pete to grab my laptop charger. It's because we were streaming uh, Transformers the Animated <laughs> Movie in the office earlier off my laptop. And we all watched it. <laughs> and yeah, I used all the battery up on it. <laughs> yeah, and it's great. It's the best movie ever made. Uh, OGP, Dadon, Basking in My Glory. I'm trying to figure out if everyone who joins Seth Faction are the same people he called out during the rah-rah speech after Survivor Series. Well, there's only been four people, so three people so far. I yeah. don't think he spoke to Buddy in that rah-rah speech. Can't remember. Uh, Matt Dennis, Ollie, you said you're always on the edge of your seat waiting for that crap episode. Well, here it is. If the damage of this episode out, um, the damage of this episode outdoes the good segments. Poor Ricochet. Ah, interesting. Yeah, I guess uh, overall it was a bad episode, but honestly, that Randy segment was so good, it almost saved the entire show. Uh, Mike Depew, if Rock, uh, if it's Brock versus Mansoor at Super Showdown, best outcome? Mansoor's got to be winning. I think they paid what, all the money. I think that's what they're building. Wow. They're going to build Brock Lesnar as this unstoppable. Like he squashed Braun, squashed Ricochet. Mansoor has had competitive matches against mid-carders. They'll eventually collide, and Mansoor will slay the beast in Saudi Arabia and drop it back at the next TV episode. Oh no! But I think they'll have had the title of Brock by that point because Brock um, won't be champion, you know, after WrestleMania. Fingers crossed. So they can do that at Saudi Down in or Crown Jewel rather in November. There you go. Uh, Gabriel Reyes. From what I understand, Drew came out after the show ended and called out Randy Orton. I'm so excited for Drew to become champion and his potential feuds. Yeah, there's a lot of ways you can do that. They were building that a couple of months ago. The Claymore from out of nowhere versus the RKO from out of nowhere. Michael Dominguez. Why is AJ versus Alistair Black a non-DQ match? Just make it a rematch. Uh, I'm getting a guess so, so they can't have outside interference from... Well, they can have outside of interference from Gallows and Anderson. And The Undertaker. And The Undertaker. Uh, Pavi let Andy out of his cage. NXT and AEW audience respect the storylines while WWE's audience just care about the spot. That's why the audience calls RKO on anyone. Thoughts? Yeah, that's essentially what we said earlier. Yeah. I agree. Pavi let Andy out of his cage. Rowan Cage should have had WWE superstars contracts inside. <laughs> uh, to leave, you've got to beat Rowan. Then no way, Jose. Scare, um, scared, face, scared face would have made sense. Mm. Um, there was a lot of people that have been pushing the... We had this super chat last week as well who were convinced it was going to be Rambling Rabbit inside the cage. That wouldn't make any sense. <laughs> uh, wrestling Misk. Uh, on the topic of commentary, this is from Rio Aldonte. Uh, on the co topic of commentary teams, out of Raw, SmackDown, NXT, and AEW, which commentary team do you feel is better? For me, it's AEW. I mean, the remarkable thing about AEW, I agree I would choose them, is they've not just got my favorite commentary lineup, They've got like my top three favorite commentary lineups because they've got so many good announcers there and the, the different combinations of them. Yeah, I um, it's tough. I think I'm gonna go with NXT though because uh, NXT if it's Morrow and Nigel, like Beth is good color and she does add something, but the real stars of that show are Morrow and Nigel. Uh, New Japan, Kevin Kelly, Rocky Romero as well. Yeah, Chris Charlton, Chris Charlton, uh, Chris Blast. Hey guys, I haven't watched wrestling since the Royal Rumble. Not that long, I suppose. Yeah. Um, uh, I was wondering which show I should start watching, AEW or WWE. Was AEW Revolution good? I mean, I don't want to get accused of bias, but I would say AEW. You've only got two hours a week to, to keep up with, and it's, it's the best show of the week, in my opinion. Uh, and Revolution was incredible. 
Start recording. In the AEW reactions, I said I'd like to see an INT match because mm. it's never happened before. It should be the Young Bucks versus Pentagon and Phoenix. What a good idea. Mm. I've never seen an INT match. Yeah, it's interesting. I really like it. We must have had Iron Man tag matches before. I can't think of it. I mean, I can't think of one of them, but it must have happened before. Start recording also says, uh, who do you think Brody Lee's first feud should be with? If he's a heel, I think Darby Allen. Darby will be good. I think John Moxley. Uh, you build off of that Shield Wyatt family context. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Adlap 2. Do you realise there was a two-day period where the WWE, AEW, and RH champions were Goldberg, Chris Jericho, and PCO? <laughs> uh, face it, 50 is the new 30. That's amazing. Yeah, because PCO dropped the title at the weekend to yeah. Roosh. And um, Jericho dropped the title as well. Mm. Um, spo- uh, Pammy, let Andy out of his cage. Who is going to face Mox next? Because a lot of AEW questions in this Raw review. Uh, Jericho was the main heel. Will they keep giving him matches till Jericho comes back? Uh, will he keep facing the inner circle? I don't think Jericho should go for it again. I think you can split him off into the Blood and Guts five-on-five match. Busy in there. Uh, But yeah, I I don't mind Derby as the next challenger as a short-term program. Start recording. Do you think Ricochet needs to be drafted to SmackDown for a a fresh start on a different brand? I mean, Vince seems to... I'd imagine it's Vince who's doing this and going to SmackDown is not going to save him. Going to NXT would save him. Yeah. Uh, Wrestle talk miscellaneous. Seth Amphetamines, for the love that all uh, that is holy, give me no rolls barred in podcast form. As a patron, I feel like I hold some weight around here, guys. That's our first Patreon goal. Which we're very, very close to. Mm. Very, very close to getting it released as a podcast. And it will be released as a podcast once we get there. Glad you're enjoying it, though. We're really happy with it. Because we got so close to that goal much quicker than we anticipated, and I hadn't done all the infrastructure for the podcast. But it's now all set up, so (laughs) if we reach it, we can launch it as soon as it goes. Uh, Flame Inc. Uh, Luke, destroy Nikki Bella. She's Brainwashing Ollie. Oh, no idea. Uh, Tim Art, have I added too many songs to the playlist? Yes. Because <laughs> currently I have 38 in there and have about 30 more I want to put in, but I don't want to feel like I'm taking over the playlist. I think there should be a limit for the podcast. I don't think we can set no. that limit though. Oh no, other people are adding stuff now. Oh, Sarah cool. J's added some, uh, Richard has added stuff. Tyler's, JJ and Luke, Ice Striker, Pigman, and then it's a lot of Tim Arns. This will be fun. Be ma- good. Maybe we'll we'll go in there manually and remove. We, you can't. It's only the people who've added it in can remove uh, them. Oh. But it's maybe you. take out. Just have your top five, right? Just try and keep it at that. I think that's the best way for us all to have fun. Uh, Rory the right. Uh, not much Doom slash Goth metal in the Spotify playlist, guys. Hey, that's up to you. That's I up. think that's a joke. I think that's all <laughs> Tim Arn has added. Bergon McClemens, uh, Battle of Brit Rest is a BBW. Is this a Freudian blowjob? Somebody at WrestleTalk looking to see big, beautiful women at this event. That's the only reason I signed off. <laughs> Did I misunderstand? Uh, Donald Drew, long-time podswafter, first time being able to watch the boys hey. live. Thank you for the consistent content, fellas. Oh, thanks for tuning Thank in. Thank you, Donald. Saxon Age, podswafters are the best. Um, or swafters, rather. Uh, I've, uh, Saxon, I've made the uploaded Silver Bro plus Golden Joe uh, Creative Wrestler on 2K20 for the Xbox One. Uh, Enjoy. Cool. Support CBW. Now, if only, was, if only anyone was playing 2K20, we might be able to yeah. have a look at that. By the way, everyone... If you don't know what we're talking about here, we launched a wrestling RPG series on Sunday called No Rolls Barred. Me and Luke are players on it, Laurie, Lolo Brown, Adam Blompier. We're all there. Uh, and yeah, the, the first episode's gone up and everyone loves it, I think is the, the, te- the takeaway. Now, the second episode, which goes up on Sunday, which if you become a patron, you can get 48 hours early, is crazy. Yeah, 
is mad. Because I, I thought the first episode was the worst one. We, not worst, but le the least best. It was Finding the Feet. Mm. The second episode is freaking bonkers. Like, we go into the desert and take yeah, whoa, 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 let's not, let's not do any spoilers. It is great. So I'm, I, hopefully everyone still likes it when it goes crazy. Samad Ali. Hey, I love No Rolls Bart. It was hilarious. Golden Joe and Silver Bro are awesome. Definitely going to support the channel on Patreon. Thanks, man. Thank you so much. Uh, Matt Field. Haven't watched Raw yet, but first I spoiled the Mox title change and now this in your thumbnail. Not my fault at all. My fault. God damn it, Matt. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I've said it to a few people and I made a, a statement about it a few weeks. We are a wrestling news channel. We will lead in the title and the thumbnail with what happens on the show. So if you don't want to know, stay off YouTube and disable notifications for that period. Hey, I didn't. Uh, I watched AEW Revolution on Monday morning. Didn't have a single thing spoiled for me. Here's here's the. It's a it's a new concept in today's world. It's your fault. <laughs> I'm not taking the blame anymore if you can't stay off the internet. Um, Zakari Jenkins, lovely time with the boys. Love you guys. Thank you. Uh, and make it train. Uh, why do I want to quit my job and work for WrestleTalk? Pay to have fun. Well, mates, I hope you have some bloody good Cheerios for breakfast. Yeah, it's nice, isn't it? Yeah. I know, yeah, yeah. Watch Transformers earlier. <laughs> it really is. Um, Misk, Austin Baker, yesterday was my birthday. Hey, Thanks for everything. Happy o birthday, Austin. Austin was having trouble sending us that message uh, during the AEW stream yesterday. Ah, cool. Um, and last minute messages that have come in. Kevin, um, oh, by the way, and he's getting this off my chest. Finn Balor versus Walter. Yes, please. Yes! What a match. So Balor's a face now, I what guess. Was, what was this announced for? This was, uh, this is sort of the next feud in NXT. Is it really? Set up in last week's, yeah. Oh, I missed that. I actually haven't watched the show yet, so yeah. Uh, Pavula Annie Evans Cage, is AEW becoming repetitive? I keep saying the same people over and over again. Where is Sunny Kiss, the librarians? I forget the other wrestlers. I don't think it's repetitive at all. They're on dark as yeah. well. Um, uh, Fritz, fans chan chanted, who are you at Riddick Moss? Yeah, mm. they did. Yeah, yeah. So come on, uh, tell us. Tell us all about it. So on my journey to work, I've repaired my bike. It's got a brand new tire. We shouldn't get punctures anymore. I don't know why I said we. I feel like we're all in this together. We're all in this together, like High School Musical. No more punctures. And it's been rainy the last month and a half. We've had three storms <clears throat> in as many weeks. Uh, can you name them all? Gertrude. Oh, was that? Belinda. No, these are last year's storms. <laughs> I don't know. Belinda's one I've made up. Um, I'm pretty sure. I think, Gertrude, a... I, I think there has been a Gertrude. There was Kira. Yeah. Dennis. De yeah, Storm Dennis. And Jorge over the weekend. That's right. Well done. Anyway. Coronavirus. Uh, and cor the, the huge storm that is coronavirus. Which was uh, all made up, as we know yeah, from the talk, yeah, is Jericho. I don't know why they, the views are still covering it. <laughs> Surely. The sheeple should have woken up by now and realised it's just as fake as AIDS. So the... <laughs> are you sure about that? I'm not just sure. <laughs> I'm not going to finish that joke. It's a South Park joke. Uh, but the people who know it can have a little tiller to themselves. Very good. Uh, yeah, uh, so the, it's been raining. It wasn't raining today. It was a nice sunny morning. Br bloody cold though. And I cycled into work. I haven't been able to today. do this. You nearly wear shorts. I nearly wore shorts this morning. You joked to me yesterday evening, and I was like, God, it is cold. Nearly shorts weather, eh? And you went, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought you were joking. I, was, I looked out this morning, I was like, look at that sunshine. I could put my sunglasses on, 
I might put some shorts on. So you were going by what it looked like, not by real feel. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, yeah, the way you That's do it. That's the mistake that Goldberg made last year. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, I interrupted your story. So I'm cycling to work. I love cycling to work. I've got a really nice route and I like the sensation. I like the fresh air on my face and the podcast on the bone just in front of my ears. I am jealous of it. Mm. I'm jealous of your little trip into work. Yeah, it's one of my big life pleasures. And I get to an underpass about two thirds of the way in to my journey uh, all along the canal and the underpass was flooded. Mm. This is fine. It's flooded often at, yeah. at this year so far. Uh, and I know there is a little island in the middle where I can pause, regain my footing, and push through to the other side. Mm -hmm. I go in. Immediately, it's a lot deeper than I remember. Yeah. Like, so imagine where my feet are on the pedals. Mm -hmm. I cannot have the pedals, like, they have to be horizontal so my feet don't get in. So yeah. I cannot pedal. If I move one foot further than the other, my foot is in the water. That's deep. That's deep. That's like eight inches. Yeah. And then I couldn't go back. I couldn't turn and get the momentum to go back up the hill. Nope. So I had to pedal. Yeah. So I, I pedaled. One foot goes into the water. I tried to do a thing where I pushed it so it would propel me in and I could take my foot off <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, and I, then I, catch it on the other side. I see what you're going for. Yeah, it's quite genius, really. It was deeper than that. What? It went up over both pedals. And at and this point, I, I sort of come to a stop. And I'm a third of the way into this. Yeah. And I wobble. I wobble. It's happening. I've just got to commit. Kaplunk. Oh. One foot. Like here. Yeah. So not, not halfway up my shim, but, you know, eight inches. Way past the ankle. And I'm like, I'm just, I'm just standing there. It's so cold. Yeah. I'm like, oh! <laughs> I'm just... I didn't make any noise, but I was so annoyed, <laughs> so annoyed by this underpass happening. And I, but like that wasn't the end of it. I still had two thirds of it to go, and I had to. I just had to get a right. It's happening. Put the other foot up, and I just cycled through. I cycled through water with my ankles underneath in water, and I got out the other side. And I tried to cycle for a bit and then I had to stop because I could hear the water sloshing in my shoes. Ugh. And I emptied the shoes onto the, the, the pavement. And I've, I've had wet, very wet socks all day and I'm, I'm cold. And it's, it's a cold to the bone. And on top of that, my lady partner is doing a gut fast. I said, I'll do that with you, a show of solidarity. Because you're, I mean, we were talking about this with our merchandise guy when we had a meeting earlier. What a, like, boyfriend of the year material. Yes. But I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm about 18 hours into not eating now. I'm not having a good time. <laughs> Just both of these things happened at the same time. Four days. Oh. But, you know, we were talking about before we came on mic, first day's always going to be the hardest. Yes. Did you say the second day's hard as well? Yeah, so the, th the first day's actually meant to be not that bad. Ugh. Uh, That's not a good sign. The second day's bad. And then third and fourth You get over day, it by that you, point. You get into a, yeah. a, a groove. So my next meal, like proper meal, because I'm allowed like a, a handful of salad uh, every evening. No dressing. No dressing. Raw vegetables. My next meal will be Friday evening. What have you got planned for Friday evening? Well, you're not meant to. You're not meant to have oh. a pizza. <laughs> you're meant to have a. 
It's then it's then ten days of very healthy eating. Obviously, oh, so like reintroducing things. Yeah. Oh no. So this is yeah. It sounds like four days. It's a, it, the whole thing's two weeks. Yeah. How have you been? I've been all right, mate. Um, yeah, I had a very nice weekend um, for my brother's fortieth birthday. Mm. Went for a uh, surprise meal. Um, effectively ruined his weekend. <laughs> Because we got to the restaurant, it was me, uh, my wife, my mum and my dad. Very posh restaurant. We're sitting there, we're sort of waiting. And I got a text message from my brother's girlfriend saying, I've just surprised him at Matt's, here which is his friend. And uh, so we're coming in now. I don't think he's best pleased. He's, it, he's, that was uh, said in the text. Yeah, it's like he's asked for us not to sing happy birthday and I think he means it. No. Because in Ben's mind, he had travelled from Wales back to our hometown of Reading to see his best friend that he's known since he was like six years old. You know, he turns 40 this year and they're going to play board games and it's just the two of them and they're just going to play board games for the whole evening. And Ben had taken board games specifically to play. And then his girlfriend showed up and was like, surprise, we're actually going out for a meal. On the way in, did he, Matt come? Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, Matt and okay. his wife. Matt, Matt and his wife came as well. It's not so, so bad. It's okay. And like on the way there, he kind of figured that my parents were also going to be there. He didn't know that me and uh, my wife were going to be there, but he kind of figured that my mum and dad would be. And once he was there, and once we actually sat down for the meal and the wine was flowing, then he had a lovely time. But I do think there was a little part of him that was like, I kind of, I had something planned, mm. and you sort of dicked on those plans. I don't, maybe it's, uh, well, yeah, when he saw that it was just his girlfriend who came in. That's a different, like, it's like, oh, my God. I wanted one day away from you and you're here. <laughs> but then when it's everyone's there, that's nice. Yeah. What did you eat? What was the meal? Uh, so I had um, goat's cheese croquettes. Oh. Sorry, I'm not going to, I shouldn't mm. talk about food. I'm so sorry. It's okay, man. They were very delicious. I just want to think about it. <laughs> Um, uh, uh, yeah, and then we went out for some drinks. But I got to give him my uh, secret present I've been working on for the last few weeks, which is a personalised Ticket to Ride board. Ticket to Ride is a fantastic tabletop game, if you've never played it, where you build train tracks between uh, cities. So I had this world map version where I put places that Ben has been to, you know, on his various world travels, including like Reading, our hometown, Skelmersdale, where all our family lives, Mahuntleth, where he currently lives. Skelmersdale? Yeah, it's in, uh, I guess, near Wigan. Skelmersdale? Skelmersdale, yeah. Oh, sounds quite, uh, sounds Scandinavian. Yeah, well, speaking of Scandinavia, mm-hmm. Uppsala uh, was over there, and Oslo, because he's also lived in those two places. Dubai, because he lived there for a little bit. Wow, well-travelled man. Very well-travelled man, all over North and South America, and well, Canada's in North America, I suppose, and Australia. The only places that I couldn't really do were Africa, because he's not been, and Russia. Because although he has been to Russia, he's only been to Moscow, which is mm. so close to all the other European cities that I couldn't <laughs> make good tracks. Like there would have just been this big empty space. So genius, I say my genius, it was actually my wife's idea. I put Castle, Castle Grayskull as we're in the far corners of the Russian tundra Yeah, um, for him to build tracks to because it is a fully playable version of the game. Wow. I worked it out to that level of intricacies. And it was, you know, he was really, really pleased with it. We, uh, I gave it to him on the Sunday morning when we went out for breakfast, Weatherspoon's breakfast. Um, yeah, didn't have the large, just had the medium, but it was very nice nonetheless. Uh, the that is becoming quite a trend in your family, sort of personalised board game paraphernalia. Well, we are so because it's my brother's fortieth, 
So it's, it's, it's a big one. So I didn't want to just get him something, you know, like a, like a board game or something like that. I wanted to get him something that Last was... Last series one on DVD. Exactly, yeah. yeah. You know, I wanted to get him something that was a, uh, you know, a gift from me to him that he can look out forever and be like, oh, that was what he got for, a, for my 40th birthday. Like, you know, this watch, uh, my parents got me for my 18th. So every time I look at it, it's like, oh, you know, I've had this watch since I was 18 years old. It was a very special present. So that's the sort of thing that was. Nice. I actually asked for my very first um, contract mobile phone um, for my 18th birthday. Uh, and my parents said, no, it's your 18th. You're going to get something nice. So what, before you unpay as you pay go? Pay as you go. Yeah. Come on, cool. Call me, I'm out of credit. <laughs> exactly. A lot of those. Yeah, yeah. You get five pounds worth of credits every <laughs> week, and then you're like, I've only got I've got X amount of text messages. Yeah. Don't do calls, I'll use the house phone for that. But Stacey, I want to text Stacey, Mum. <laughs> no, you've had your phone allowance. <laughs> oh, she's <laughs> gonna break up with me. Uh, would you like a Russo pay? Yes. So this comes in from Jaron Walker, who said, Hey guys, I feel like I haven't been communicating with you as much as I usually do lately. For some Aww. reason, Luke calling me simply Small Afro Games rather than Small Afro Games Jaron Walker during my super chat the other day bruised my soul. <laughs> Jokes aside, a quick update. Crystal and I are doing well, and actually I've been watching NXT every Wednesday. Nothing against AEW itself, but the online fan base can be very toxic and it turns me off the program. Mm. Now, I <clears> think <throat> on this... Those who really like NXT think the AEW fan base is toxic, and those who really like AEW think the WWE fan base is toxic. So really, there's just a toxic fan base that we should just ignore. Yes. Is, to catch people up is Crystal Bullet Club t-shirt yes. girl. Yes, we, we set these two up. Yeah. And I also feel that I feel like Jaron has put his WWE bias mm. into that relationship. Yeah. To make him like, no, 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 don't watch AEW. We're watching NXT now. I bet he's going to say 2K20 is a good game. <laughs> it has to be. Uh, anyway, on to the Russo Fay. As I've previously written about, I had a little experience assisting my friend Isaac at House of Glory in New York. First Ooh. show I went to, a few lesser-known wrestlers asked me if I wanted to ring the bell for the show. Oh, cool. I was happy to do it, but I didn't realise how much pressure that job is. The timing has to be right. You always have to be ready to ring it because the match could end at any point, and if you screw it up, everyone looks at you and does the classic you effed up chant. Yeah. Surely they would have communicated to you what the finish is. Because... Hey, that is saying that indie shows have some form of organisation. But I know people who have worked at indie shows yeah. who work on the sort of the production side of thing who are told what the finish is going to be because they need to queue up music mm -hmm. and they need to queue up videos and stuff like that. So people in the production do know. You talk about the indie shows that... Well, we, we, we've seen. And, and other ones as okay. well that I know outside of this work. Okay, okay. Um, anyway, the main event of the show was Amazing Red versus a wrestler named Smiley, a guy in a mask that I could only describe as Mankind's Mask mixed with The Fiends. It's both of those masks and quite lame. Uh, <laughs> there was a DQ finish where Smiley's lackey interfered and jumped Amazing Red. I had to ring the bell over and over and over again to build tension with the situation because the guys wouldn't stop beating down Amazing Red. Oh, the old WCW. Ding, 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 yeah. ding. Last spot of the night was Smiley powerbombing Red from the ring to the outside through a table. Something must have gone wrong because he legitimately got hurt. Ooh. The crowd was told to leave, not knowing if it was a work or a shoot. I had to help clean up the arena around Red and held water for him in case he needed it before the paramedics showed up. He got put into an ambulance and went to the hospital that night. It's a depressing story, but I like the fact that I helped, even if it was just a little. Uh, nursing <laughs> to bring it back to me. 
even if it was just a little and nursing injury uh, to a wrestler. He's obviously fine now. I think he's the co-owner of House of Glory, if I'm not mistaken. I think he might be right. Mm. Typing this email made me realize I've not officially met him rather than just assisted him. Is this a Rusev nay? A Rusev maybe? Who knows? Love Ooh, you guys. It's a new one. It's a Rusev... Ah, oh, what rhymes with hey? Rusev. Hey. Are you okay? Yeah, a Rusev. <laughs> Rusev, are you okay? okay. Uh, I've just got a picture of Smiley Up. I think that's a pretty cool mask. Hmm. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, this one comes in from uh, Brandon from Texas, uh, who says, hey, Luke, Ollie, and the rest of the team. On again, off again, pledge hammer here. We'll be back soon when that sweet, sweet tax return, tax return hits. I'm just writing to say thank you for all uh, so much broadly fine work you do. <laughs> from hearing the emails read out on the podcast, from watching Southland Tales once a month, to Ollie not singing my crap gimmick, Fear, while in, uh, a while back, instead going with... Okay, sorry. Along with Ollie not signing my crap ah, gimmick, Fear, yes. a while back, instead going with the absolute mockery haiku. Are you kidding? That's the best one we've ever had. Yeah. Haiku is the best submission we've ever had. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, Brandon. I've got to, I've got to agree with my, my learned friend here. Um, listening to the podcast these past few years has been a constant source of entertainment for me. Now, onto the Rusev phase. About five years ago, I went to a local indie show near my hometown for a company called OSW, Old School Wrestling. The show was in a junior high school gym, and it was quite small and sweaty, but I had a great time meeting many local wrestlers. The main reason I went was to meet one of my favorite WWE wrestlers from my childhood, Matt Hardy. Oh, wow. This was only a few months before he debuted his Woken gimmick in Impact. Sorry, that's the broken gimmick in, mm. in Impact. And he was incredibly nice and posed for dozens of photos before the show where he defeated a guy named Jake Logan in the main event. A few years later, I attended a different indie show near Denton, Texas that was absolutely stacked with talent. I got to meet Jeff Cobb, Chavo Guerrero, and the legendary JR himself. Sadly, I didn't get pictures with Jeff or Chavo, but I did get one with JR, who talked to me for a full 15 minutes before the show. That's cool. Oh my god. Yeah. 15 minutes with JR. What would you ask him? Was it all barbecue pictures? Because <laughs> <laughs> I would just want to talk about X7 mm. and like his run with Paul Heyman. That is pretty much yeah. what I would want to talk to JR about. What a also, duo. why do you hate New Japan so much? Yes. Yeah. That's fun. <laughs> uh, I've just got nothing in my head. I, know. I feel like I need food. We've got to do a live show in a minute, dude. You need to rally. Um, uh, anyway, where do we get to? Uh, I don't remember everything we talked about, but he did tell me a story about picking up Vince McMahon in a rental car once, and Vince made him drive back to the rental place because he didn't like the smell of the interior. <laughs> when they finally got another one, JR said to Vince... Um, JR said Vince made him sit in the car while it was running in the parking lot for almost an hour while Vince meticulously inspected the inside to make sure it was okay. Anyway, JR also signed my copy of SmackDown vs. Raw 2006 with the PlayStation. It was an all-around nice guy. Sorry for the long email. Okay, keep up the great work. P.S. Can I get a woo from Ollie? Oh, is that for uh, Sakazaki? I thought it was like... Hang uh, on. Well, I thought it was like a woo from um, Pokemon, the sheep one. Is that a sheep thing? Yeah, oh, the sheep one's called Wooloo, isn't it? I've crashed. <laughs> but it might have been the Yukazaki thing. Anyway, what a, what a pic story, though. Picture it didn't happen. There's yeah, him there's with Matt, Matt Hardy. Oh, getting choked out. He's going to eat you. There's with JR. JR. With an Andre the Giant jumper. Yep, and there's the signed copy of nice. SmackDown vs. 2006. With Cena and Batista on the cover. That's a great story from Vince, though, right? Yeah. 
Imagine being told that one-on-one -on -one by JR. Yeah. Oh. Uh, but yeah. I mean, it, that is a bit indicative of someone who's not in control of their own mind. Yeah. I don't like the way this car smells. No, drive us back. I want to find a new car. I would expect inspect that car for an hour. While you sit there with the engine running. And to not have any kind of awareness that this is a weird, wrong thing. Not wrong thing to do, but you know, you've got someone there you're... Yeah. Given a bad day to. My fa I, I've, I've said this many times, but it does worth, does worth, bear, does bear worth repeating, <laughs> whatever. I'd like to repeat this story. It was one that I think JR told where he said that he was traveling once with Gerald Briscoe and he farted in the car and it was so bad, Gerald Briscoe threw up. <laughs> <laughs> they then told Vince McMahon this story. Vince thought it was the funniest thing in the world, so spent the entire day trying to force himself to fart next to Gerald Briscoe to make him throw up again and ended up crapping his pants and then had to go out and do a segment. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> That's a madman. No, no, no. He's a genius, Luke. Everyone keeps saying it. He's a genius. Um, we've got one more uh, to read out from Johannes, who writes, Hello, WrestleTalk crew. I'm calling this a Rusev maybe mm. because I'm not 100% sure it counts. I was at a tattoo parlor today uh, getting my latest piece. And while I was there, I overheard the artist in the next chair talking to his client. I couldn't quite make out what they were saying, but I overheard the word wrestler, so I zoned in right away. The artist was talking about some wrestler that he tattooed either last Thursday or is going to tattoo this Thursday. Oh, something right. about Thursday. But what I did hear him say was, yeah, the guy's amazing. He's got a match in Chicago this weekend. No. He's even shown me this video of him doing a backflip off a cage. No. He invited me to come check out his wrestling academy in Fulton, Georgia. I might go check it out. No. I immediately turned to him and asked if he was talking about Cody Rhodes. And he said, yeah, the American Dreams kid. He then went on to express how excited he was to tattoo Cody. <laughs> because he was told him he was getting modeled for an action figure and this tattoo was going to be on that figure. He was excited he couldn't wait to buy it. I don't even know this man, but I'm genuinely excited for him to get that Cody action figure and might even get one myself too. I doubt this counts as a Ruto pay, but hopefully Cody Rhodes' tattoo artist counts as a maybe. Thanks for all your consistent content, Johannes. And I do want to point out, this was sent eight days ago. Wow. So this was sent way before yeah. like that tattoo became the, oh my God, have you seen Cody's tattoo? So does that mean the tattoo is going to be on the action figure? Yeah, I'm the guessing, series one action figure. I'm guessing so. Or if they're going to do like I another they'd action, already made but it. they might do like a limited, mm. you know, in wave three, you get a new Cody figure. Yeah. It's not like like WWE always used to do like you know you get five rocks, you know, per season or whatever, because they're going to be the biggest selling toys. And maybe it will be like you know Revolution Cody with the jacket and. A removable tattoo, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, so there you go. Johannes met that tattoo artist who did Cody's American Nightmare Family tattoo. Biggest heel in wrestling right now. <laughs> wow. But it's not the tattoo artist's fault. So I must... Because actually it's a very good tattoo. It's just in the wrong place. So there's, uh, there's Rusev Hayes. There's Rusev Mavis. There's now Rusev... Are you okay? Mm -hmm. This is none of those. Mm. Because this is like, he's met the guy who's going to do a tattoo on Cody. Yeah, yeah. This wasn't like the tattoo guy sent us the Rusev Hay. It's, it's, it's almost a Rusev Hay with one removed. Mm, yeah. Rusev Hay first removed. Let's just call it that. Yeah. Um, 
I can highly recommend to you the Twilight Zone as well, the, uh, the 2019 Jordan Peele show. Oh, yeah, you stand I've watching watched it. Uh, two episodes of it, one of which I'd already seen before, which was the Nightmare at 30,000 Feet episode, because when it got released last year through to my connections with the Twilight Zone podcast that I used to host at Once Upon a Time, uh, I got to watch Nightmare at 30,000 mm. Feet and Replay, which I think is episode three. Um, I'm actually on the Twilight Zone podcast episode reviewing Replay, if you want to go check that out yeah. in their archives, uh, as well as the season three wrap-up, which has just gone up, went up January. Anyway, um, so I watched Nightmare at 30,000 Feet again with my wife, and I also watched The Comedian, which stars Camille Nanjiani. And I liked Nightmare a lot better the second time round. The first time, I think I was too excited. I, I, I phantom menaced it, mm-hmm. where I was so excited, and then I watched it, and it didn't quite live up to my expectations, but I just pretended I liked it anyway. <laughs> um, uh, but actually, on the second viewing, I do think it's really, really good. I think Adam Scott's amazing. And there's a lot more subtext in there that I missed the first time round. And The Comedian is very good. It's a very simple story. I think it's quite nicely paced throughout, and it's got a very satisfying conclusion. Ooh. Yeah, it's very good. I'll check it out. Yeah. And so if you've got Now TV or access to Now TV like I have, it's, uh, you can uh, watch all 10 episodes there. Awesome. I've also recently started rewatching Parks and Recreation. Oh, why are you rewatching it? Because we've watched Brooklyn Nine-Nine like three times in a row, so it's time to break that up until Series Five is released on Netflix mm-hmm. or Series Six is released on Netflix on March Sixteenth. So I'm rewatching that. Ron Swanson, what is, a guy! So yeah, he is like the best thing in the show. Um, early Doors, I really like the relationship between Andy and April. Mm-hmm. I think that's really nice because yep. it's before Andy becomes a very annoying character. Um, and I never I, find Andy annoying. Well, by the end of like by the end of Parks and Recreation, he becomes a very annoying. Character. I love Chris Pratt so much. I th- I never I never found him annoying. Oh no, I think he gets a bit. He, he's too affable, and he's got a little chubby cheeks. No, I think they totally Joey him. Oh wow! Yeah, they totally Joey him. Um, yeah, but I've I've actually quite enjoyed it. So we've watched all of series two, as we're now on to season three, mm. and I'm enjoying it, man. It's actually... It's gonna, you skip season one then. Yeah, well, you may as well. Yeah. Like all the... It's barely canon. <laughs> all the stuff with Leslie and Brandanowitz doesn't really work. But um, when Brandanowitz is with uh, um, Anne, that's much better. Have you got anything else you want to add? You look tired, man. Yeah. Why did we, we... We've got to go now. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. But there's also Wrestle Talk Live. Fuck it, you know what? I was going to... Yeah, okay, plug that quickly. <laughs> Was that why you were just spiraling around talking to yourself about the, uh, I'm watching this at the moment. Well, I thought it was, well, I mean, I was trying to engage you in a conversation, but that wasn't doing, but uh, plug Brass Talk Live quickly. Yes. So on Monday, the 16th of March in London, we are going to not be starting a wrestling promotion. Yes. That's the top line. We're not starting a wrestling promotion. Underneath that top line, we have selected and partnered with some of the best British wrestling promotions in the country to stage matches on this show. So it's kind of like a Wrestle Talk presents a Wrestle Talk showcase of all these fantastic wrestlers and indie companies in the UK. Plus, we're doing a live show too. So in the hour before the first bell, we will be doing a live podcast on stage. That's me, that's Luke, that's Laurie, Pete, Adam Blompier. So get your tickets at WrestleTalkLive.com and come and see us. Come out and support the show. There is a link to it in the podcast description. And also in that podcast description is a link to two WrestleTalk Spotify playlists, 
one of which is the tracks we're listening to in the office currently. Ten, we've all selected 10 tracks that we're really enjoying at the moment. And I, the other one there is called Discover. And that is the one I'm really most excited about. If you've got a Spotify account, it's a collaborative playlist. You can all just add tracks wow. to that and you can share tracks and discover tracks with other members of the SWAF Nation and the Pod Swafters. Discover new music, share the music you love. It's a collaborative playlist, add the tracks on there. Obviously don't, don't, don't abuse it, you know, mm. be, be cool about it. Uh, or check out the tracks that we're really enjoying on Spotify at the moment. Give it a follow. Give us also a follow on uh, the Spotify playlist on Spotify podcast as well. You, you know how you said don't abuse it? Uh -huh. Tim Arndt has added what looks like 50 tracks. Oh, Tim. <laughs> And they are, what are these? They look like heavy rock songs. Yeah. Master Plan, Magnum, Love Bite, King Gizzard. Oh, King Gizzard and the um, any of these the Blizzard Wizards. Judas Priest, Iron Maiden. Uh, I do. I mean, I've never heard King Gizzard and the Blizzard Wizard, but I do think that's a great name. It sounds like something that Adam Buxton would have come up with. Yes, talking about great names, I can see the people in the offices Usernames for mm -hmm. Spotify. I wonder who Rye Quinn is. <laughs> yeah. Bit of Pete Quinnell. Blake Station One. <laughs> happens if I click on his? Oh, it shows me who he's following. He's following someone called B Badooby Churches and Spotify UK. Yeah, so, you know, there's links in there. So, Add in so that Tim Ant is not every single track that's in there, <laughs> along with 10 tracks from Ollie and two from me that I added in. So, uh, yeah, it's good stuff. Thank you all for listening. Give us a little follow on Spotify as well. But if you're listening on the podcast there, give us a subscribe on Apple Podcasts if you're listening there with a little five-star rating and a review. It really helps us out. Find us all on Twitter, on Instagram, uh, WrestleTalk.Official, uh, on Facebook and all that good stuff. It's all about the socials these days, Ollie Davis. There's links for it in the podcast description. Take care. I love you. Goodbye. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.